shit 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 show it's a fucking shit show welcome back to shit show saturday andrea and kiki say hi say hi andrea and kiki (laughs) reporting from the couch um so today you're gonna get to hear a portion of last night's support group for the shit show community we discuss the reading from strengthening my recovery which is the aca daily meditation book um you guys you're missing out on a really rad community Let's talk about the three reasons why people resist adult child recovery. It talks about this in the Big Red Book. Number one is betrayal. So we feel like if we talk about what happened to us as kids, that we are betraying our parents. We are not talking about what happened to us to shit on our parents. We are talking about what happened to us so that we can understand the causes and conditions that made us the way that we are. The fact of the matter is that not speaking our truth is the ultimate act of betrayal to ourselves. Uh, Reason number two is pain. We think that the process is going to be too painful. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be painful. (laughs) It's going to be painful. And that's why you need community to go through it with. But there is an ending to our suffering versus living in perpetual suffering if we choose not to confront these issues for the rest of our life. And the third reason that it talks about is uh, we want to recover, but we want to do it alone. And I'm just telling you, you can try. I bet there's a bunch of you listening right now who have been trying to do this shit by yourself. It's not going to (laughs) work. It's not going to work. Sorry. Hate to break it to you. So how about you damn the join shit show? Check out the show notes for the link. We are fucking waiting for you. They say that I should damn the join shit show. They say that that's where people go to heal. They say that I'll feel seen and heard like I have never felt before. So I'm going to damn the joint right now. Emotional intoxication. In his Next Frontier article, Bill W. wrote, if we examine every disturbance we have, great or small, we will find at the root of it is some unhealthy dependency and its consequent unhealthy demand. Growing up in a dysfunctional in a dysfunctional homes meant that chaos was normal. As a result, we may have become adults who could not feel at ease when things were calm. We may have craved drama and excitement on such a subconscious level that we were drawn to it without realizing the reason why. In recovery, we gain the clarity to see that out of our craving for intensity, we were finding a form of comfort by continually recreating our childhood atmosphere. But even though this chaos felt familiar, recovery teaches us that our vulnerable and wounded child's needs were not being met. By attending meetings and listening to the stories of others' adult children, we learn that we are not alone. When we work the program, we cultivate two essential qualities in our lives— courage and self-esteem through the 12 steps we learn to let go and turn our will and our lives over to a higher power of our own understanding when we do this we find that gradually the desire for emotional intoxication will leave us on this day i free myself from the cycle of emotional intoxication by listening to my higher power's guidance i deserve balance which i get by practicing the program in all areas of my life 
I was reading this article about um, emotional intoxication. I can, I'll post it in the thing later. I just took a couple notes from it. What was talking about what are, um, what are the signs of like emotional intoxication or what happens when we are emotionally intoxicated? And it said, number one is our perceptions change because you're seeing the world through the lens of your emotions. You don't listen to reason to yourself, to others. Doing so seems like a waste of time to you. However, in reality, nothing could be further from the truth. You develop nervousness and impatience in the face of unexpected emotions that are out of your control since you don't know whether or how you can manage what comes next. Number two is your insecurities take over. Your insecurities overtake and direct your life. You become more reactive and defensive. Your self-esteem hits rock bottom and every situation makes you feel vulnerable. While it's true that you might not be at your best, your emotions are making things worse by keeping you from recognizing your values and abilities. You become more and more emotionally dependent to the point where sometimes you think you can't do anything for yourself. Three is you're blocked emotionally. Allowing your emotions to guide your actions without first subjecting them to your mental filters limits your ability to communicate and thrive. As a result of your emotional intoxication, you frequently don't know how to respond to the situations of your life. If you're emotionally intoxicated, you don't think before you speak and can't effectively gain perspective about situations and events. This one really hit home. The last one, number four, emotional vertigo keeps you trapped in harmful behaviors. Fear of letting go is what I call emotional vertigo. This is fear in its purest form. In short, the terror of bringing ourselves face to face with the emptiness of loss. It's a fear of the pain of losing what we love and the weakness created by our masochism. You feel frustrated if you wander from the path you've imagined for your life, and you worry that doing so will bring about a catastrophe that will completely derail your life. You don't feel capable of going on living if you abandon the harmful habits and the people you've surrounded yourself with, even though, even though you know they aren't good for you. God, I could relate to that. I've just been thinking a lot about the pattern of I get emotionally intoxicated anytime I'm I'm trying recreating my family dynamic of trying to get my mom sober through somebody else or trying to get the love that I want for my dad through somebody else. It's really hard when we get trapped in these behaviors and doing what you know works is so fucking hard to do. And what I shared about in the episode yesterday, and feel free to talk about if you had any insights in the episode yesterday as well, but just really getting back and really, really, really refocusing on reparenting. I just posted a quote on um, Instagram and it said, it's from the loving parent guidebook. And it says, you know, reparenting is not about becoming better. It's about becoming better at loving ourselves. And I think that we can so easily slip back into that that belief that this whole process is about becoming better. And that's really rooted in this belief that we're broken, right? And that we need to be fixed. When the reality is, is that we're not broken, we're just hurting. And so I've really been just trying to to, to bring my back myself back to that because I think I have, a, I've slipped a little bit back into some thinking of like, I'm broken and I need to be fixed. And the reality of the situation is that like, I'm enough and I've always been enough. And that the problem is, is that like, I wasn't taught that as a kid. And so it's this forever journey of learning how to love myself. And it's really impossible if I'm in that state of emotional intoxication. So, so, um, I guess that's why I came to the meeting tonight. Um, it was really, um, the last one of course is, um, what I'm struggling with and, um, 
after work today. I just felt like I was never going to be better. I drove to where my ex is living and sitting in the driveway. I just was feeling so like restless, um, empty. Like I'm just never going to heal from this. It's just impossible. Just impossible to heal from this. Something is wrong with me. So I sat there and I got myself together. And I tried to feel what it was that was causing that feeling. And I just took a deep breath. And I was like, I need to go to this to this meeting tonight. And I think it's because my daughter and her husband are not home. I'm on my own tonight. I'm, I'm just struggling being in a quiet house. It's just so hard for me to be in a quiet house. I feel so restless. I just, like, I don't know. I like freak out. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to him and I'm just going to, I'm just going to accept everything. It's just going to be the way my life is. But talking about loving myself, I mean, I just, it's just so hard to love myself when I just feel like something is so wrong with me. And like, I just have to work on it. I just feel like the progress is just not coming. So that's all. Thank you. Love you. You're doing amazing. I know you don't feel it, but I see it. I'm really proud of you. Shit. I kind of almost lost my train of thought. My, because I'm a fixer, my instinct is to say, I want to hug you and tell you it's okay. And that you, that it's not good to go back and you don't have to accept the things because you don't. Um, but yours is your journey. And, um, and as much as I want to fix you and save you, I can barely save my damn self. Um, I was struggling really hard the other day. Um, I've been, start, I started to take some medication for ADHD just on days where I really need to focus. And, and I was doing really well and I was clicking along. I felt like I, I was in a groove. And then uh, out of the blue, I got a, a message from um, one of my project managers. And it was a question about like, oh, did you send blah, blah, blah. Instant punch in the gut. Like, oh, fuck. did I? I don't think I did. And I went into panic mode because I just knew that if I didn't fix this, I was going to get in trouble. People were going to be mad. Uh, I was going to lose my job, et cetera, et cetera, where I, you know, end up dying alone. So I was talking about this whole thing in, um, in therapy yesterday and, and someone said, well, isn't that kind of what you're used to? Like having something just, you know, come out of the blue and knock you off your feet. And I thought, yeah, that's absolutely true. And so then I really started thinking about it and I thought, well, shit, this is, believe it or not, this is actually progress because I wasn't expecting, I wasn't being 
hypervigilant and waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean, was it great that I went into panic mode? No, but I wasn't just expecting like some shit to happen. It just did. And and it was okay. And it turned out I didn't fuck anything up as bad as I thought I did. And it was fine. And I overreacted because, you know, I'm an overreactor. And always, you know, I go to the worst case scenario. So progress is possible. It, you know, it might not be massive. It might be, a, you know, an itsy bitsy teeny weeny baby step. Sometimes for me, just pointing in the right direction is progress. I don't even necessarily have to take a step in the right direction. So thanks for being here. Thanks for giving me support and a place to vent and and let my freak flag fly. I hate I hate a quiet house and I've had it for the last few years. And I my life was once incredibly busy with three sons and a family and three jobs and um and I know that probably kept me from hitting a bottom before, but that's the most pain I felt is my first night alone. And I'm back in my friend's house for a few weeks, which was the house I came to when I first got separated. And then I got divorced and I'm just alone in it. And my boys are so busy working. I don't see them often. And uh, so, yeah, they're alone house. It's really hard for me. Um the pod was really good, and I just want to kind of like share uh, my thoughts on it as it pertains to 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 me. What what it does to me is it makes me feel it made me feel broken uh, in a similar fashion. And I don't mean that that it was a it was a bad pod. It was a really good podcast. I took it as as she was talking about um, all these other modalities. Like I was like, oh, I should have done EMDR three years ago where I'd be I'd be better off right now uh, I should do IFS why am I doing that I I should do rapid resolution therapy and just because it's a brain injury you know my trauma is a brain injury and and I have you know anxiety is my prevalent issue when I withdraw or if I if I relapse and my my stuff is fantasy love addiction uh, I've shared that I went on Facebook and I was following my ex-girlfriend's page and it just, and I was almost going to text her and I was like, what is going on? And up until two weeks ago, I was eating so much sugar. I, I, I was just binging on sugar and I didn't even just recognize it. I was doing it for so long. I wasn't going to any meetings except for the, these meetings. And now I'm this week, I, you know, I just, I double down and I just go to tons of meetings and I read everything because I just want to get rid of the anxiety. And, um, and then I'm like, oh, the steps. Okay. I've worked the steps, but does that really work if I have a brain injury and it's trauma? I'm doing everything wrong. I'm doing everything wrong. And I just want to feel normal. But when I felt normal, I started going down a path of compulsive behaviors it's so strange and um and of course i've been dealing with my ex-wife with money issues and that's triggering and um believe me you know if she calls me and says come home and let's forget all this i swear i 
I do it. I mean, I'm just so lonely and it's like, all right, we tried Imago. Let's try it again. So today she's talking about Imago and I was like, why didn't we, why didn't I do a better job with Imago? I could still be married and in my home. And it's all of those things of just, even though there's such a trauma bond between my ex and I, and when I hear people at meetings mention that, like my husband, my wife, my, I'm always like, oh, I wish I was at a meeting, but I still had was with my wife because at least I'd be with somebody. It's so, it the 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 talk, the messages, it's 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 how I've done it for so long, and I've been in therapy for thirty years now, and. Um, and I'm always like, okay, when am I going to get fixed? You know, when am I going to get fixed? Um, you know, and I know I've I've made my own decisions, and I made my own decisions based on this faulty traits and thinking that I did not know anything about until, you know, five years ago, and I got into Al-Anon first, and NACA, and codependence, and I'm so grateful because I've learned so much, and I can't deny that it's that it's like reading my life story. And um, so I'm grateful for this community um, and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share and I appreciate you listening and I'll pass. Uh, thank you. I'm sitting here trying to think like, there's, I think overwhelmed is the best way to put like what's going on in my life right now. And I, it's like a, as usual, a good and bad overwhelmed, like I've got all these different things that are starting to make sense at the same time. And the first one that comes to mind, um, I've got a sister, middle sister, I'm the youngest of four, she's second out of the four, that has sent me like three text messages since I've been in recovery in this past year and a half. And Lately, it's been all just criticism, like how can I abandon the family? They were there for me in the lowest of times. They've always been there for me. And the first couple of times it hit me hard and it like made me second guess what I was doing and made me um, like want to run even more from the family. But this time, I noticed like I got when I looked at this text message, like I just you get the little preview of what it's gonna say, and I just looked down and I read, I am so frustrated right now. And as soon as I read that, I remember for like two and a half seconds, my body, entire body just starting to tingle and about to go into a like giant, what I would call rage. And then it just immediately went away. And I heard months ago, like somebody talking and they were talking about, we often misinterpret that we're not feeling with, that we're feeling too much and then suppressing it. And when that happened, that thought came to mind and I'm like, oh my God, I think that's right. And when you read that reading and like, I was thinking emotional intoxication, I'm like, that's exactly like, what I think my, happens in my life is I'm just flooded with emotions and this whole reparenting thing and the higher power. I, when I stop and think about it, I, again, I've heard before 
actually it was, I think it was from the red, red book and the yellow workbook where it talks about how our view of a higher power is actually our parents. And the more I think about that, it's like, okay, so my parents just always constantly told me I was doing things wrong. Um, when I really, what I really needed from them, they weren't there. That explains why it's so hard for me to like truly get a grasp behind talking to a higher power because I think my child is like, what's the point? Like, what's the point? This is going to get me nowhere. And like, what I truly need, and I'm getting this from working ACA meetings, and finally, after like a year of going there, I've been able to see some, another man come in that's newer than me and go through what I went through and see him feel emotion for the first time like I did and truly start to understand that this, like giving myself this reparenting of showing myself compassion and showing myself like that I'm just, it's okay to feel what I can feel and be giving myself permission to be angry. And it's just so hard to even, I can think about, I mean, like how long have I just wanted somebody to listen to what I say and just go, thanks for sharing that with me. It's okay to feel that way. Instead of cutting me off and telling me it's wrong, trying to fix me, it's, I'm finally seeing that through the help of these programs and these meetings that I can start giving myself permission to do that. Hey, tomorrow's my two year sobriety anniversary. Apparently Amazon carries sobriety gifts. I got a, a mug in the mail today from Amazon. It's like happy sobriety with some unicorns on it. It's kind of pretty cool. But um, I wanted to add to this topic because I'm on the complete opposite side of the spectrum from everybody else here. Um, I'm just an extreme avoidance. I hate people. I hate doing stuff with people. I really have to get out of my comfort zone to even like put in the minimal effort, like being here in the meeting. It's like I straightened my hair. I'm needle pointing, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm focused. I'm contributing. Um, but I figured over many interactions in my 39 years on this planet that people just disappoint me. And every time I'm in a relationship, I always wish that I was by myself. And any time that I'm doing like a group activity, I always wish that I was by myself. And I actually, during this whole meeting, couldn't come up with one thing that I prefer doing with other people that I don't prefer doing by myself momentary pause there use your imagination wink wink um yeah i i will go to the movies by myself i will go to lunch and have dinner by myself and it's like i learned very early on that i would rather be in my own company with my own crazy thoughts than um with somebody else who's making me miserable and just like pulling at weeds trying to empathize with them like i i have very little patience i I really just want to tell people that I'm around that I just don't give a fuck. Like, I just don't care. Like people start telling me about their issues and I'm just like picturing sheeps bouncing around, you know, thinking, how am I still sober? Like, I just don't care. Like, it's your issue. Just deal with it. Like I have my issues. Like my plate is full. I'm like awful. I'm a terrible friend. I have no idea why people are still in my life. I guess like I lend money to people and um, I'm fun and funny. Um, but other than that, I'm just, I, I feel awful. Like I love traveling by myself. Um, and it's, you know, I, 
it's so extreme that uh, my therapist doesn't even support it. Like she was all about, yeah, independence, like 10 years ago. And now she's like, you're taking independence to a whole nother level. And now you're just like an, an avoidant um, introvert that um, will think of any excuse not to do stuff. Um, so I don't think that's healthy. Um, yeah, really wouldn't recommend it, but it, it's working for me. Like, I'm so happy. I'm so happy, like dating myself and being with myself. And I don't know what lonely feels like. It's the weirdest thing. Um, I even got like a, like a cat that's super avoidant. So like, like he just like chills on the opposite side of the house and like goes in and comes in whenever he feels like it. And I'm like, this, this is the life right here. So I actually can't imagine um, living with anybody else, like coming home and like seeing somebody else make a mess that I wouldn't nor normally make. Okay, I'm done. Thank you, Regina, because you helped me relate to this topic. I I am a loner. My, my piece is being by myself. I enjoy traveling by myself. I go to movies by myself. Um, when I got divorced, the first thing I did was to go to breakfast by myself. My past, the people are just troubled. They're just, and I'm better company for myself. With that, I know that I'm progressing. I did something today and yesterday that I've only done two other times in the last four and a half years. In the last four and a half years, I've only had four occasions where I have invited people into my home. And this week, of those four, two happened this week. And there was so much, I know I'm getting better because I can catch these thoughts and these behaviors. I can process them and I can make a choice. It's not like I have to have somebody here. I can make a choice because I enjoyed talking to that, that person. And I keep having to shift my perspective. In one moment, I'm saying, I'm not, I'll never get through this. This will never end. And then in the next, when I can ground myself and, and center myself and figure out what's going on in my head, I realize I have come so far. I've come and I have to honor that because if, when I, think of I'm damaged, I'm broken as I have all my life, that locks me back in the past. And I, I'm trying to, I, no, not trying, I am getting past that, but it's little by little by little. And I don't know if I heard it on here or someone told me is if I did not have this trauma in my life, what would I be doing? each day. Well, I would be, this is very simplified, I would be handling what life comes my way. And some of that's going to be good, and some of it's going to be bad and troubling. But I would have the mind to, to, to handle it and not, ab I'm abandon myself, I'm borrowing a term I just learned and I value. Um, I'm not abandoning myself. Being with you all is a huge, huge part of my growth and my recovery. And today, and, and many days, but today, I hear people sharing 
the two sides that exist, that exist in me, the troubled side and the side that's brave and courageous and loves myself. Um, and I have to be careful where I don't hate that old self because that's not gonna put me anywhere. Um, I love knowing you all. Um, I, I love being in this group. Um, the whole emotional intoxication thing felt really, it hit home in a big way. This past week I was on vacation with my family, which I don't know. <laughs> this is my dog. She wants attention. Um, so we naturally, my family is a bunch of shit shows. I don't know it yet. And so this vacation like it was ultimately fine like it went fine and <laughs> I think I left being the only one who was like not happy with how it went because there wasn't like an uproar or something bad happened like I was uncomfortable with the fact that everyone just kind of like got along and like there wasn't people fighting or you know, getting upset with each other. And I just, like, I, I, I realized that talking to my husband afterwards and I was like crying in the car on the way home, just being like, oh my gosh, can you believe this happened or this happened? And like, they were all such little things. And I was just blowing everything out of proportion because I needed something to be like in the extremes. Like I, I, I just, I couldn't just let myself have fun on a vacation. It had to be like, either really really awesome or really really bad like there is no in between and I find myself being like so uncomfortable with just things being okay and it's something I've been working on with my therapist for a long time now um is you know every time we start a session she now challenges me like you know what's been going on recently and instead of like I usually lead off every session like oh my gosh listing off all the shit that's going on blah 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 or like oh my gosh this is the best thing that happened she's like have you ever just had like an okay day and I was like well that sounds boring like why would I want that like I don't I don't know how to have an okay day to the point where when I do have an okay day like I said before like I'm just uncomfortable with it like and and my husband's like the most even keel person ever god bless him but like it infuriates me sometimes and like the the inner child in me is just trying to get a rise out of him like have a reaction have an opinion about something and like every day I'm like how was work today he's like that's fine like that's usually what I get and like to me it feels sad like it just feels wrong and I don't know how to like rewire that part of me yet um and how to like be okay with just an okay day like it doesn't have to be in either extreme like to even get to that point of rewiring it and this is what like I don't know kind of stresses me out is that I don't like right now I don't even want 
that. Like I, I theoretically want it, but when I picture an okay day, like if I'm just if I'm just fine, like that doesn't feel good to me. And I, I don't know how better to explain that, but it just it's unsettling because if I think like, I don't know, say two, five, ten years from now, if I'm still just living in this like, oh my gosh, everything was horrible or whatever like that it does feel more comfortable than just being like boring I don't know I don't know how to rewire that and I'm really struggling with that so all it took was a very okay family vacation for me to kind of come to that but here we are thanks for listening yeah I uh I was having a hard time with this one because um I actually like avoid as much emotional like drama as I can in my personal life I'm absolutely terrified of it um and that comes from it comes from my childhood where my mom like taught me like do not ask anybody anything about them if they want to tell you about that themselves they will they will tell you so I actually like never knew how to ask people like how are you doing because I was actively told like do not ask them that. Um, so I kind of like then, um, as I got a little older and and realized that that was wrong and I couldn't make any friendships because I didn't know what emotional intimacy was. I went to the other end of the spectrum and would be so nosy and I would be in everybody's business. And I'd be like, tell me everything about you. Like, let's go. And I would, I went, it's like, so black or white, you know? And, um, so that I could relate to when people were talking about like fixing their friends or something like that, like that I would go, I would get so involved in everybody else's issues. And then when they wouldn't listen to me, I'd get all like resentful and, uh, and, and that created like all these other issues. <laughs> um, so now, now that I'm not doing either of those things, like I, like someone, you know, anyone would tell me about their relationship stuff. I check in with them every day. How are you doing? Like, what's going on with that? Like, do you need to talk? Like, and now that I'm not doing that, and now that I'm not not asking any questions at all, which is what I grew up with, I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know what the middle ground is. What's enough? You know, I have a friend who's going through a lot right now, and like, she's a shit show, and like, I want to tell her you're a shit show, and like. I, I, you shouldn't be talking to your mom. Like, this is not healthy. Like, like all this stuff, but I, I'm mom about it. Cause it's none of my business. And, but I don't know where the line is of like, I'll just listen and I'll wait in your time. So like, this is where I'm like learning that to not have that emotional turmoil, not get overly invested in her life and what's going on with her. And, you know, she doesn't eat and like all this stuff. And I want to just like, be like, I can, I can help with all of this. Um, but I won't because like, who the fuck am I? I don't know what I'm doing with myself. So how can I help anyone else? Um, but yeah, I guess that's like the closest I could, I, I could get to, to the emotional turmoil stuff. I couldn't relate at first, but now I'm thinking about it. I guess that's, that's a lot of what I do. Um, so now it's just a practice of how do I have friendships? Um, I have no idea. So, you know, um, I'll stick around here and hopefully figure it out. So that's all I've got. Thank you.
Tell me. 